is The Next Trip Podcast with Aviation Insiders Doug and Drew. Together, with more than 40 years of industry experience, they are creating a network for other app geeks and travel enthusiasts to obsess about all things aviation. All thoughts and opinions are their own. All right, everyone, welcome to our flight extra section. This is where we are going to recap all of the flights we took on our whirlwind avgeek adventure, Doug and myself. And we have little snippets from every flight, right, Doug? We do. Yeah, you're not wrong when you say whirlwind. I got back to the hotel last night for my my work hotel and I was exhausted. Yeah, I was exhausted too. And well, you didn't have to drive for three hours. Yeah, I felt really bad for you because I got (laughs) home, took or back to the hotel, took a quick shower and then I was out like a light and I I thought about it. You still has to drive back to DC from South Yeah, it was actually, it was more because I had to drive past my house to get to Dulles to return the car. Mm -hmm. And then it's like 1 a.m. and there's no shuttle anymore. So then I had to drop the car and walk to the employee garage. Oh no. Which is about a mile. I could have ordered an Uber, but I was so angry. I'm like, I don't care. I'm just going to trudge my way. <laughs> yeah. Angry. You know, maybe I'll lose some of that weight that we gain from eating all that <laughs> <laughs> at Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about that in just a second. All right. So <laughs> let's talk about our flights. So on this whirlwind tour, just a quick overview of our trip so you can follow along with us. We flew from the mid-Atlantic. I flew from DC. Doug flew from Philadelphia, flew down to Miami, flew Miami, to JFK, JFK to Seattle, Seattle to Las Vegas, Las Vegas to San Francisco, San Francisco to New York. And this is all in what, Doug, two and a half days? Yeah, two and a half, three days. <laughs> we, we were texting people like my, my wife and, and Robbie and other people, and they thought mm-hmm. that we were crazy. <laughs> like only, only the two of us would enjoy doing something like this. Well, yeah. And so many people were asking. It's a lot of information to put on a text. So Doug and I created this AvGeek Morse code. So what we do is you just put the whole routing together, no spaces, no dashes. Mine was IDMIAJFK. JFK does exist a constant yeah. string of cities. <laughs> string, yeah. And then right below it, the aircraft. So it was 737-800. So it was 738-772-752. Yeah. <laughs> it was like AvGeek Morse code. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So this the, the theme was wide-body transcon. And we were, let's start from the beginning. So the goal was to get some wide bodies domestic. So I flew from Washington to Miami on a 737-800 on United in economy. It was fun. It was on time and uh, the service was good. It was completely full. So I guess these Miami flights are really full. How was your flight down to Miami? Yeah, I was on an American A321, paid 99 bucks for the upgrade. Same thing, it was totally full, not a seat empty. I was really surprised by the service because it was like a nine o'clock departure. And I, I, I remember texting you saying, dude, I couldn't believe it that I got like a fruit, a fruit and cheese plate, which I was not expecting at all. So kudos to American for the service. And my wine glass was never empty. And they were actually walking around with a bottle. It right. wasn't just like the, the minis. So would you definitely say people over planes on that flight? Like the service over? Oh, definitely. So I flew a 737-800. There's not to, a lot to say about it. United has had those for years, and it was fine. It was um, renovated, I, I guess, refurbished in the current, you know, interior. Now, you flew an A321. Was that originally Americans? I think that one might have been, because uh, I know they ordered 321s. I know they got a lot from America West, but I think that one might have actually been fresh for American. American, okay. Yeah. All right, so our first flight, once we got to Miami, our first flight together was uh, an American 777-200 internationally configured from Miami to JFK. 
and here it is. All right, Doug, we're on this American 777-200. What are your first thoughts? It's really nice. It's a 21-year-old airplane. It's pretty ancient, I would say. <laughs> ancient yeah. is the catchphrase, yeah. You wouldn't know it. <laughs> no, I mean, walking on it, it's nice, it's clean, it's bright. New overhead bins, really nice seats. We'll talk more about it here in a little bit, but I, I like it. What about you? Yeah, my first impression is uh, very positive. I feel like the seats are wider than what I've experienced in most business class cabins. It's very roomy, and thank you, American, for facing them towards the windows. Yes, exactly. Right? What else? The color scheme is nice. I used to think it was kind of drab just looking at the pictures, but now that I'm on the plane, it's actually pretty nice. Yeah, and the footwall is enormous, too. Like, spreading your feet out down below, it's, it's really big. It's not like a coffin. A lot of business class seats kind of feel like a coffin. No, it's really good. Yeah, what about that takeoff from Miami? It seemed like we were climbing really slow, but I think I think that that's probably because there's, it's full. It's a full flight. I mean, not a lot of gas, but right. I don't know, I don't know cargo wise what they had on it. But I mean, it definitely seemed like seemed like we were climbing slow, which is a good thing. I I feel like. Well, and the other thing is, did you notice we had a little engine run up? Before we did. Yeah. Takeoff? So so that's called a static takeoff, where you you hold the brakes and you run it up. So I'm, I'm not sure what, what the reason was for that. Yeah. Probably performance for some reason. And that's probably why we were climbing slow, too. So I wonder if there's a lot of cargo down below. Yeah, there might be. What was the other thing I wanted to tell you? Um, oh, it'll come to me. We're actually two drinks in, and we're high altitude, so we're already... <laughs> yeah, at nine o'clock, 10 o'clock in the morning. Oh, no, that's what I want. Okay, so that's what I want to tell you. So every time I fly an airline that's not my primary and I'm on the plane, I always feel like I'm five years old and I don't understand how anything works. This is really set up well, but I'm still trying to figure out how the handset works. It took me f uh, about two minutes to to get out of my seatbelt just now. Well, and I invited you to text, and then I couldn't figure out how to actually <laughs> message with you. Like, I invited your seat, but then I couldn't figure out how to do it. We sound so old right yeah. now. No, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly right. I'm like, okay, this is probably how my mom feels on every flight. Well, I couldn't figure out the tray table. and <laughs> Did you figure out the tray table? I did, yeah. I've, it's it's a button. It took a little while, but we're getting there. We're getting there. Um, you know, and kudos to Americans. So um, we did have our turkey sandwich, which is nice to have a fresh, fresh food on a flight. It's just a really... I'm looking outside. I know it's going to be raining in New York, but right now it's just a beautiful clear day out over the atlantic right now drew now that we've had a couple days since the flight and we we talked about our initial reactions while we were on the plane and you've been able to see the the different products the entire weekend do your initial reactions still remain the same or have they changed or, or what what are your what are your final reactions now that we've had some time still positive i really thought that american had a really nice seat i thought the seat was wide i thought the colors were nice everything worked fine mm -hmm. i know you had an issue with uh, where you charge it and you close the there's like a little cabinet and you put your cords in there to charge so it's like how do you close the cabinet but you can close the cabinet there's room for that cord that was the one thing the 3d map on that 777 200 was awesome it was great i was watching that yeah i was watching that for half the flight and it, you can never <laughs> it's very hard to find anything bad about a 777 domestically <laughs> yeah and then we got a fresh meal on that we got a, mm -hmm. a turkey sandwich mm -hmm. on a what is it, a two and a half hour flight which was nice yeah the service was great the drinks kept flowing 
And yeah, aside from uh, the issue that I talked about with the cords coming out and the handset being in the, the little cubby, it was a great seat, really big screen, really wide footwell. I, I think we talked about that on the initial reactions. Could we talk about my seat though? I was not in the seat that I booked. We, we didn't talk <laughs> oh, about it. Oh, we are going to talk about it. Yeah, we didn't talk. I, <laughs> okay. I didn't, didn't want to talk about it on the flight because oh. I didn't want the guy sitting ahead of I you know. hearing me talk about it <laughs> well let me i saw it all play out i saw the cabin drama play out which is why i choose these seats in the back because <laughs> i'm able to see all this so doug is settled in so just picture it it's a triple seven it's that first cabin of business doug is in 4l which mm -hmm. is the window i'm in 5l oh, the, that's double, the double window the double window yeah we need we need it we need to say that too because that that's important in this. No, yeah. that's important on these triple sevens based on what seat you pick you may have two and a half windows to yourself so mm -hmm. doug had a wonderful seat so did i i was in five lima right behind him so we're all settled in right we're all ready to go this family walks in and the husband talks to Doug. He's like, hey, you know, they couldn't seat us together. I have 6L. Would you mind switching? The look on Doug's face was priceless. Because <laughs> it was like, because he's a father too. And he's been in that situation. But yet he was so ensconced in his seat already. And now he's moving to a seat with what? Maybe one window? Yeah, I, I had one window. And, and we had already done the research. We had looked at photos. We knew what the great seats were. And when he asked me and said, I'm in 6L, I had my mask on and I thought that I hit it. But I was mm -hmm. looking back at him across you, like through you. And you apparently mm -hmm. said that my face just went like I was just giving up at that point. And I didn't even realize that I was oh. doing it. The look on my face was like, oh boy, are you kidding me? Oh just, yeah, it was like a give up. Yeah, I, I didn't realize resigned. I was doing that. I resigned. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. Yeah, no, even with Doug's face mask on, his, his face was, <laughs> I guess I understood the expression on your face because I would have had the same expression because I'm not as nice as Doug, but I, for the family, I, I definitely would have moved. I probably would have given a little bit of attitude on my way back, but. Great flight, glad we found that domestic wide body. For our next flight, a Boeing 757 on Delta from Kennedy to Seattle. Really good flight, not what I expected. So uh, let's let's hear our initial thoughts on the plane. All right, so we are on a 757 and we are currently over uh, Minnesota, would you say, Doug? Yeah, we're zooming in on the map. <laughs> yeah, we're right on the border. Okay, so pro tip, so if you're sitting on a seat and the seats have these uh, IFE with the maps, you have your movie on your screen, and then on the next screen, if the seat's open, you always have your map, so you have two screens. I just want to point out, you're giving me the pro tip, and I look over at your set of two seats, and you don't have the map, you didn't get to it, we're two and a half hours into the flight. <laughs> I didn't get to it, but I'm just, I, I'm watching a really nice movie. Oh, so we should mention, this is the first time we've flown Delta together. It is, yeah. That's crazy, so with all your talk, I mean, I've flown Delta before, but this is the first time with you. So Doug's bringing me along on his uh, mileage program. So thank you, Doug, for this trip. It's actually very nice. So it's a 757. We're flying from Kennedy to Seattle. But not just any old 757. It is decked out. We are in, is it LifeFat or LifeFlight? I don't know. We'll have to ask Tyler. I think <laughs> I, I think it's, uh, it's LifeFlight, right? Right, right, Tyler? Well, Tom Polini, who we met up yesterday, said lay flat. Either way, I don't think we call them either. You and I don't, definitely. No, no one has ever said... I mean, I, I know that they're lay flat because they do lay flat, but, I mean, normal people just call it business. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we should mention this plane that we're on used to be flown by TWA, and I just got some intel from the flight attendant who 
used to work for TWA, so he actually told Doug that this airplane was a TWA airplane. It was bought by TWA in, apparently in 1996. Right now, Doug is. Yeah, so I just checking. so I just pulled it up. It's November 710 TW. First flight was in May May of 1997. Oh, so that's close. Yeah. yeah, you would never know that this is from 1996. So that would be 25 years at this point. The plane has completely. I mean, they've changed the carpets and the curtains and you know all the finishes. It's a Delta airplane, and it has the Delta One product, right? It, so this would have flown internationally, would you say? Yeah, so pre-COVID, they were doing this from, like, JFK to Berlin, some of the other secondary tertiary cities in, in Europe. Now, let's talk about our takeoff. So we had a powerful takeoff off... Uh, do you remember which runway it, uh, it I was? I don't know. I'll have to look. Okay, but it looked like from where the city was, we were taking off heading east... I noticed the skyline on your side and New Jersey on my side. So I think you got a good view. I did, yeah. So we actually took off like directly west. Um, and then we, we banked. So I'm pulling up the pictures right now. We banked and I got an awesome view of like midtown Manhattan and Wall Street area, financial district. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. And then we did like a full 360 mm-hmm. up over the airport to get out of the New York airspace to then head west. So you got pictures of New York City. I got pictures. Oh, hold on. The flight attendant's bringing us some, right. some more beer right now. Appreciate uh, it. Thank you. You got pictures of the Manhattan skyline. I got pictures of New Jersey, I think. Yeah. So <laughs> I, do, I do want to say something. So I've got the map up. We've got three hours and one minute left in the flight. I if you had had the map up, you would have noticed. At one point... I get the map up. I'm sorry. <laughs> at, one, at one point, it was five hours, ten minutes. Uh-huh. And then once we got up to altitude, it went up to five hours and 25 minutes. So we actually built time at the flight as we hit the stronger headwinds. So very rarely do you actually see time increase. And when we're in seats like this, that's what we want. Oh yeah, we have, uh, what is it, a four? A si- almost six hours. All right, so the same thing as we talked about with the American flight, you've had a couple days to simmer over this. Are your thoughts now the same as what they were initially? What What's your overall impression with, with the flight? I thought it was really good. I um, that, that lay flat seat was unexpected because until you told me, I think the day before, I thought it was just, just a regular domestic first class with a big seat, which I was going to be fine with. Mm-hmm. It's first class from Kennedy to Seattle. But what, it, what we got was an actual Delta One. That is their international product, right, Doug? Yeah. Delta One? Yeah, that's what they call it. Thank you, Delta, for angling them towards the window. JetBlue has seats facing away. So I guess that's, that is herringbone, right? That's, that's herringbone. That's correct. So this is nice because you're facing two, uh, two windows where I was sitting. The seat room was less than American, but it was fine. Mm-hmm. So definitely international product. Lay flat. I had the seat open next to me. The bedding was awesome. It was hotel quality bedding. In fact, I think it was uh, the Westin. Westin. The branded sheets. Yeah. Yeah. Doug and I were actually joking. So I, I sent a picture from my seat. The seat next to me, I put all the pillows there. So it was piled up with pillows. <laughs> yeah. And then across the aisle, Doug is sitting there. You can barely see him with all his pillows piled up. <laughs> and my text was, I think I need just one more, just one more pillow. Yeah. And then you said, check the overhead bin. Yeah, because the the overhead above you had a bunch in there. So I was really surprised that they had bedding because I know that when when COVID initially started, they that most airlines took bedding and and pillows away from the premium products. I think even Mm -hmm. the the high premium like Delta One and flagship business, the Delta One cabin was 50% capacity limited. So there are only eight of us in that cabin. There are 16 seats, but yet they had pillows and blankets on all 16 seats. 
which which meant right. that every single person had two blankets, Twice two pillows, plus all the extras and the overhead bins. I, I couldn't even find a place to put my suitcase, really, because they were just <laughs> full of blankets and blankets and pillows. Yeah. I mean, that's the only time you are annoyed by too much bedding. It's like, where do I put my stuff? Yeah. <laughs> now, the most we always say people before planes right on this podcast. This was people before planes. Our flight attendant was excellent. During the flight, I went into the galley and got a lot of intel about D, uh, TWA. Mm-hmm. He, the guy flew on the L-1011. Did you know that all the food on the L-1011 was heated up downstairs? Yeah, the, the lower galley. They had an elevator that went down there. Yeah, yeah. so we talked about that. And um, he kept coming by with stuff. So we had a nice snack box. We had uh, a number of glasses of wine and beer, right? What was the picture where he kept bringing us that uh, IPA that you like? It's the Sweetwater Hazy IPA. And we, we've got a picture of us with three or four three or four cans sitting on the, the table between us and we each had a drink in our hand. Yeah, he, he definitely offered great service. But then he brought us those little cards with the tail number. Tail number. Mm-hmm. Pretty old for the current fleet of domestic airplanes and... Delta has done a really good job refurbishing that. You wouldn't know it's that old. Mm-mm. And it's probably been through a number of cabin upgrades and it's refreshed again. It looks really nice. All right. We're almost at our destination with this next flight. It's Seattle to Las Vegas. And Las Vegas was our destination, quote unquote. This was a Delta 737-900. Let's listen to what we said. So we are on the last leg. I, I guess Vegas is our destination because that's when we're actually leaving an airport. It is, yeah. We talk about everything should have a destination. you got to have a destination. We're on 737-900. We will be in Las Vegas in uh, probably an hour and a half. And um, it's really a smooth flight. I was hoping for some turbulence. What do you think? We might get some? I didn't look like I did on the on the last flight, so I'm not sure. This was cool for you because you got to kind of see what it's like for me as an elite freaking flyer. Right. Because we had the upgrade window. And, mm-hmm. you know, I've talked to you about it. You, you know what it's like as an on-drive, waiting for a seat, yeah. seeing what the seat's open. But you got to see what it was like as the upgrade window. And you were texting me the day ahead of the day before the window opened up multiple times with screenshots saying, I think we have a chance. I I think we have a chance. Well, okay. So for those of you that are listening, that are non-revs, that are airline employees. So when Doug is waiting for his upgrade, it is literally, it is exactly the same as us checking seats and seeing if we're going to get on. And you know how as an on-rev, we all check like every few hours, two two days out, we are checking literally every few hours (laughs) to see how it looks. And that's what Doug's doing. Yeah. Yeah. No, so that was cool, but we're, uh, we, we did get the upgrade, so we're in row five, back of the cabin, cabin drama. <laughs> Not a lot of people on the flight, though, to really have much drama. Well, but I got a question for you. So yeah. we got the upgrade, but then you were still checking the upgrade list. Is that to see who didn't get it? Yeah, it's just more like, yeah, I, I'm, <laughs> unfortunately, yeah. I, that sounds terrible. I do the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> Tomorrow, <laughs> we're going to experience this. Doug is going to experience the same thing that I experienced being a revenue customer waiting for an upgrade. He's going to experience the same thing as a, as a non-rev. It's going to be very simple. And how many times have I sent you screenshots of a ghost booking saying, I think we're going to make it. I think we're going to make it. There's <laughs> lot, lots of seats available. So. Right. So Doug, is he's a non-rev and he doesn't see exactly what the flight's booked to, but he's doing this backdoor thing where he's pulling up the seat map and you can kind of estimate what's left. And, uh, you know, it's taboo to say this, 
But I, I'm going to say it's probably for sure that we're getting Polaris. It, you're right. It is taboo, but I, I said that for this flight. We ended up getting it. Yeah. So we're going to show up at the airport, and it's going to be a downgrade from a 777-300 to a 737 <laughs> No, it, it'll, it'll at least have some sort of business class product, though, because it's the, it's the premium from San Fran to, to Newark. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it hasn't changed, so I've been watching every day to see what that plane goes out at, and one day it's a 777-200, one day it's a 777-300, and it hasn't changed during the last several days. Yeah, well, and it's a Monday. Monday is, is generally speaking, a, a higher travel number day than other days of the week, so, yeah, hope, hopefully it'll stay that. Well, and you know what we're... I don't know if you're doing this, but I've been tracking that aircraft once they assigned it to see exactly where it is, and our airplane that goes from uh, San Francisco to Newark just flew in, I think it was from, yeah, it was from Newark. So I know that the plane's there, so if that tail number changes, I'm going to be like, all right, what's going on? But it's exciting. You know, it's something to watch. Um, even, you know, it's a good, exciting, because we know that we're going to get on for sure. Now, are we going to get on in business? Probably, yes. So it's kind of a good, it's not like we're in a foreign country, and we don't know if we're going to get on the flight at all, which has happened to me before. So it's not it's not a stressful. Even if we don't get on in business, though, it looks like premium economy is is pretty much wide open. Right. Well, and also, I already have plan B. You know what plan B is? The 767 two hours later? Yeah. Yeah, the 767 two hours later. And this is the other nice thing. We're not connecting anywhere, so we don't have to worry about if we have to take the next flight, it's not a big deal. Yeah, the only thing I have to worry about is being dead tired when I get to work on Tuesday morning. That's not my problem. So I'm <laughs> yeah. off Tuesdays. <laughs> no, that's that's fine. I mean, we're we're at this point, we're not even at our destination yet, and uh, we. I tried to nap on the flight. Drew tried to nap at the club. That's kind of where we're at, at right now. But I I think we're rallying. No, we're gonna rally because um, so Doug is an early bird so on this whole itinerary he's booked us on flights that leave at 7 or 8 a.m yeah but part of that was the the product that we were going for right true yeah that's true yeah so i mean we have to leave at eight from vegas to make an 11 o'clock flight from sfo and i think that leaves us two hours so it's not a rush really yeah yeah well and uh something Tyler, our buddy Tyler asked us was, why did we leave Miami so early yesterday? Well, and the reason was, all the rest of the flights from Miami to JFK were 737s for the for the rest of the day. I think there was a 7-8 at 9 o'clock or something really late, which would have gotten us in super late. So that's why that's why we went with the, uh, the early flight yesterday. Well, we wanted the 777-200 and then as far as hotels, we were staying at the TWAA hotel. So in Miami, we were staying at the A-Loft, so it wasn't like I was... It was fine, but yeah. I wanted to spend more time at the TWA. Yeah, exactly. Well, and, and you say Vegas is a destination. TWA Hotel was kind of a destination a little, that's a true. little bit. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, you know, we were connecting through New York, so you can't really go into the city yet, so we stayed on the airport, and it was a destination. That is the only hotel on the airport property. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, it's great. Now, if you have a chance to um, spend a night there, do, because it's a whole experience. You're going to feel like you're in the 1960s. 
Okay, so Drew, now that you've had a couple days, mm-hmm. what, what are your thoughts on it? <laughs> I think Delta does a really good job with their narrow body planes with the interiors because it looked very modern. 737-800, those are pretty old, but they're they're so consistent with their interiors, whether it's a 20-year-old A320, I don't know how old that 737-800 was. It may have been newer, but yeah, I'm, that's I'm the checking. big thing. I'm, yep. I'm pulling it up right now. Okay, as Doug pulls it up. So this is a 737-900. What is great about Delta's domestic fleet is that they have really good IFE. So the IFE on this domestic 737 is as good as some of the IFE I've seen on international flights. Mm-hmm. So you're not lacking for anything. So this is a two-hour flight to Vegas, and you can watch a full-length movie. It has a nice air show map. As far as the service, it was a standard. You got a little snack bag, I believe, right, Doug? Yeah, we did. Yeah, with like goldfish and Biscoff yeah. water bottle. It wasn't a lot of service. Mean, we didn't have a lot. I didn't have, I didn't have a lot of comments on the service because it was just so short and it was just one service. But I remember the flight attendant was nice. What mm-hmm. were your thoughts? Yeah, it was. I, I just looked it up. It, the first flight was in April of 2014. So it's coming up on seven years old. But I do want to piggyback on what you said about Delta's domestic fleet and how they all look the same on the, on the inside. Aside from the MD-95 or the 717, if you want to call it that, all of D- Delta those mainline narrow bodies have IFE, they have the exact same seats. It doesn't matter what kind of airplane you're on, 319, 20, 21, 737, you name it, yeah. it's the same product and, and you know what you're going to get. Whereas some other airlines sometimes have differing products. Sometimes you have a, a screen, sometimes you don't. And so that consistency, especially as someone who travels quite a bit, is is very nice. So now we're on our return trip, starting off with uh, Las Vegas to San Francisco before we did San Francisco, Newark. Don't be disappointed because we don't have any sound bites from the plane because we were sitting apart. Listen to this. So our, our trip started off at the hotel. We were waiting for the Uber. Well, well can, I, can, I, can, I, can I interject and, and tell my story before you tell the Uber yes. story? We're, we're staying at the Delano, which is part of the Mandalay Bay complex. Drew, with, with the, the room that he booked, we had $30 credits breakfast credits at one of the restaurants we had 60 bucks and we went to starbucks and because nothing else was open yeah nothing else was open initially i i got us we both got a sandwich i think you got a coffee mm-hmm. it was like 15 bucks and so drew then just starts grabbing you know at starbucks they have <laughs> scones and cookies and granola bars sitting on the counter so drew just looks right. at me he grabs one tosses it down on the counter he's not even looking at what they are he eventually grabbed 15 different (laughs) granola bars and scones and things like that set them down on the counter and just pushed them forward like it was his poker chips we didn't pay for it it was it was all part of the the credit but it was just hilarious to see that whole situation unfold it was like supermarket sweep but it was starbucks you know, yeah. <laughs> where you just grab everything from the shelves, you know, to make it easier on her, I would have just, I sh- if thinking back, I should have just said, can I just have everything in this display case? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yet even still, we came up to $51. And at that point it was just getting ridiculous. So I'm like, okay, okay that's enough. I, I would have taken home a coffee maker if I could have, but she said you could only get food and drink. <laughs> yeah. So then we, we ordered the Uber and craziness ensued. Well, number one, we we were just relaxing and we were at Starbucks finishing our uh, 40 croissants and our coffee. And then we just, you know, sauntered over to the Uber. By this time, it's 6.50. Boarding time is 7.20. The flight leaves at 8. It's a quick trip to the airport. So Doug mm-hmm. orders the Uber. It says like six minutes. It's like, okay, cool. We'll, we should be there by about 7.05 or something. Eight, eight o'clock. Or yeah, seven. Yeah, seven o'clock. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uber takes forever. The Uber doesn't get there. It took like 15 minutes. Seemed like the guy was lost on the map and it was so frustrating. So we actually didn't leave until just after seven from the hotel. Then on, we were maybe halfway to the airport, turning right onto some highway. Mm-hmm. And the person in front of us stopped. The driver was looking left to merge, didn't see her stop and rear-ended her. But Drew and I both saw it coming and we were like, stop, yeah. stop, stop, stop. And then it was boom, crunch. And I immediately look over at Drew. We were fine. Everyone we're was fine. fine. But I immediately look over at Drew and he's trying to hail another Uber. Like, <laughs> we got to go. We have to go. Right. I'm like, you know, I'm <clears throat> number one. I'm glad everyone's safe. No one got hurt. But I'm not trying to be here for an hour doing statements and miss my flight. You know, we have a nice flight from San Francisco to Newark. I'm not mm-hmm. going to miss that. The weirdest thing, the the woman in front, instead of stopping to get the information, because we our driver was at fault. She was your rear-ended. She takes off. And I'm like, this is crazy. So then I quickly canceled the Uber I ordered. So we got to the airport. What would you say? 7.07? Or it wasn't that. It was a little, a little after 7.10, I want to say. Okay, then that's unbelievable because what happened next is like everything was in place. So Doug has these, he's not a non-rev traveler in whatsoever. So Doug has two bags that are both kind of big. One is a rollerboard, definitely not something that you can fit under a seat. So I'm like, we've got to get to the gate by 720 or we're going to have to check his bag. And then we may miss our connection because we'd have to pick it up and but anyway, so we made it. We were boarding at 7.22 right after the pre-board announcement. Yeah. So yeah. from the hotel to the jetway was 21 minutes. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Two takeaways from this for anyone listening. Don't push it that tight. We, we, yeah. we knew what we were doing when we, when we sauntered over to get the Uber. We mm-hmm. thought that the Uber would be there in five minutes. Right. And then we, we didn't expect that it would get into an accident. That was totally, <laughs> that was totally our fault because it's never happened, right? Uh, an Uber has never taken 15 minutes longer than what it says to show up. That's the first mm-hmm. thing. And how many people uh, of our listeners have ever been in a Lyft or Uber accident on the way to the airport? Right. So for, first yeah, exactly. of all, don't, don't push it tight the way we did. And then secondly, TSA pre-check, that saved us. We were right. what number two or three in line when we showed up, yeah. and if it wasn't for pre-check, the line was almost out the door. S- security was was really busy. The airport was really busy, which was good to right. see. But we absolutely would have missed our airplane if if we hadn't had pre-check. The other thing is when you get there, if you're late for your flight or you're running late, make sure make sure everything is set so that you don't have to stop and be frisked because. We needed every minute, right, Doug? Mm-hmm. So I took off stuff that I didn't need to. I took off my belt, took off my shoes, took my plastic brush. I mean, stuff that I knew wouldn't even allow <laughs> set it off. Yeah. And I'm like, I think I drank all the little water bottles, but I rummaged through the bag again. And sure enough, I found a Delta water bottle. <laughs> but it was a picture perfect pass through the security checkpoint. But then you have to take a train. And that was like clockwork too, because as we were coming down the escalator, the train was right there. And I'm like, come on, Doug, we can do this. We sprinted. So yeah. Doug was running down the escalator with two bags. <laughs> no injuries. Yeah. So then we we got on the flight, which was pretty uneventful. We got moved up to Economy Plus, which is United's extra legroom. My my impressions. I could not believe that there was an actual cabin service in Economy. I, I had a coffee. You had a sparkling water. I have not seen that on a flight since before COVID in, in mm. domestic on a less or right around an hour 
flight. I was really impressed yeah. by that. Well, I remember the captain saying that uh, we were 55 minutes out from SFO, mm -hmm. and I saw no sign of a drink cart. Looked down the aisle, there was nothing coming. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. The, the flight's short, and the flight was full, so they're not. There's no way they're going to be able to do it. Mm -hmm. But then there comes the drink cart. You know, you could tell the flight attendants were really good. They were like, right? They were very efficient. They were older. Mm -hmm. And I bet you this is a premium route to Vegas because it's probably a route that they can work and still be back home mm -hmm. every day. I well, actually, they, they, they said that they're Vegas based, the at least the flight really? attendants. Yeah, I didn't realize that United had a, a flight attendant base in Vegas. Where'd you hear that? They said that. What? They said, uh, thank oh. you. After we landed in San Fran, they said, okay. on behalf of your Las Vegas based cabin crew, we thank you for flying with us. I was really surprised okay. to hear that. Well, then I could totally see them doing like. All these Vegas short to San Francisco, yeah, all these LA, short runs quite Vegas. a bit. Yeah. So we were probably in the third or fourth row back. So when the drink car got to us, you know, she was really nice. She asked what we wanted. And then I, I told her, it's like, this must be a real workout for you to do this whole service. And she's like, yeah, we can do it. You know, it, it's okay. It's fun. So it was, it was a good crew, friendly. Uh, the cabin was really clean. No NC videos, but you could stream mm -hmm. videos. But it wasn't a big deal for us because um, it's such a short flight. Yeah, and and kind of to piggyback on what we've heard or what we heard on the trip from multiple flight attendants that we spoke with, you mentioned that it was a very it was a very quick cabin service. The flight attendants mm -hmm. had to work very quickly to get it done. Some of the flight attendants that we talked to on this trip said that they've been getting bored with not having to do a lot of cabin service. The, the Delta mm -hmm. flight attendant said, I can't wait for food service to come back because I enjoy doing that. It gives me something to do. And he's reached out to the company and said, I want this to come back. These flight attendants probably actually enjoy that it's back to some level of normalcy at this point. Yeah. I mean, now that you mentioned, I, I did not talk to the American flight attendants, but I spoke to the Delta flight attendant mm -hmm. to Seattle. We spoke to the flight attendants on almost all. Yeah, but they all came back with that they're they're happy that service is increasing because they want to have something to offer the customers. Mm -hmm. So that was nice to hear. I, I I definitely the theme that I saw was the service was good. I, it was almost like you know I I know these airlines are professional and they do a good job, but I feel like I saw a, a higher level of attentiveness. I don't know if you saw that than before, mm -hmm. and maybe it's because of the face mask. You have to have, you really have to have good eye contact. Eye contact. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So this is, this is our last flight. We saved the biggest plane for the, our last trip. This is San Francisco to New York on a triple seven, 300. We did get business class, which is nice. So let's hear our thoughts on board. All right. So this is our last flight of this Ab geek journey. So we're currently on a uh, United triple seven, 300 in the business class cabin. What are your first impressions? Well, it's not my first time in the business class in United, but it is my first time in Triple Seven Three Hundred. Last time you talked about the Seven Eight and how boring it was, this was anything but. The engines were loud, like louder right. than the louder than the Seven Eight. Yeah. You had bumping as we were taxiing. It just it feels like a heavy. You're right. The Seven Eight is just boring compared to Triple Seven. <laughs> Even though this is a, a relatively new Triple Seven, it still has that classic aviation feel. I would say. Right, yeah, we have, um, so we're flying with GE 90 engines, and we um, we actually took off on the runways that are shorter out of SFO, probably because the plane is very light, and we're not a full load. I don't see a lot of cargo going between San Francisco and Newark, so we took off probably, I would say, at the 75% point of the runway, would you say? 
actually, I got some pictures. We rotated before we, or just after we got to the cross runway. So I'll be able to actually go back and look at the distance. I would say it was less than 75%. 75%. Yeah, it was a fast takeoff. Um, yeah, so, um, so far it's pretty good. Um, I had uh, lobster mac and cheese for uh, dinner. What did you have? I did too, yeah. <laughs> um, just the sound of that. <laughs> But it was really good, and the crew's been really nice. Um, they've been coming around a lot. They came around two or three times with a snack basket. So, you know, when it's to the point where you have to say no more, <laughs> that's... Hold on. I'm going to open my cabinet because I've got my, my chips tucked away in there for later. <laughs> <laughs> no, so far so good. So, uh, nice crew. We are halfway to Newark, and um, I'm looking forward to like a, an hour nap before we get there actually because we gotta we gotta drive I gotta drop you off in in uh, what city are you in again I'm in uh, Mount Laurel and then as soon as I get back I've got a 9:30 p.m. work conference call tonight so well are you gonna um, okay so I gotta make sure you make that all right so um, we're gonna just lounge we have about two hours till we get to New York and um, so far it's a smooth ride but for me you know I always tell Doug it's like I like a little bit of turbulence to make the time go by so hopefully we'll get a little bit the captain did talk about some turbulence when we're descending into Newark so I'm hopeful that we get a little rock and roll yeah I actually looked up the uh, the weather like I did yesterday hold on I'm just pulling this up so it looks like as we get to about Michigan like eastern Michigan into Ohio across the Great Lakes we might get a little little something yeah, so uh, we'll look forward to that, um, or at least I will. You know, we were just talking about the crew, and as we're speaking, he came by and offered us uh, two bottles of water, and it's not the first time he's been by, so service has been excellent. So um, nice job, Drew, United. Drew tried to steal my water, though. The flight attendant corrected him and said that his was <laughs> at his own seat. <laughs> I know. Well, I didn't know. All right, I'm sorry. <laughs> all right. Um, all right, Doug, have a good uh, relaxation period. <laughs> and I won't take your stuff anymore. <laughs> all right. Now that we've listened to the last onboard recording, let's talk about kind of our final reactions from both that flight and then our, our overall trip reactions. Do, do you mind if I start on, on this one? Yeah, I'm interested to hear your reaction because I've flown this carrier a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I know this product. So I want you to play the civilian and tell me what your thoughts were. First of all, the food was excellent. I think on the initial reactions we talked about, we, we both got the lobster mac and cheese. I, I First of all, it was restaurant quality lobster mac and cheese. It was excellent. And the meal filled me up. I, I didn't even finish all my salad. I didn't eat the nuts. I, I brought them with me. I did finish the mac and cheese just because it was it was that good. But then after after about an hour, I, I was like, man, I am really full. And I was really impressed by that with how much food there was. It wasn't mm-hmm. the same. It was not the same amount of food as pre-COVID on the, the premium routes. No. But it still was a very good amount of food. It was hot. It was a hot, it was a full meal and, and it was, it right. was excellent. I got up to use the lav just before landing and I had a, a glass of wine that was probably half finished and I got to my seat and there was some random drink sit, sitting on my, <laughs> on my seat. And I asked yeah. you about it afterwards. I was like, Hey, what'd you order me? And you said, I have, I didn't order you anything. I have no idea what that was. The flight attendants just <laughs> brought it to us. So it was some mixed drink, which was really good. I missed the smells of the plane without the mask on. And I, I'll tell you, when I would bring my mask down to take mm-hmm. a bite, and, and we've talked about this multiple times on previous episodes, how airlines have 
the same look, feel, and smell, or they're trying to have the same look, feel, and smell. Kind of like the Delta Sky Clubs all have the same aroma mm -hmm. that you walk into, and in your mind, right. you, you think, the same air I'm freshman. at a Sky Club. I'm at a Sky mm -hmm. Club right now. I've noticed that on United's wide bodies, there's like this particular aroma, like some it's sort called, of a, It's called Jet Scent. Jet Scent. Okay. No, so je no Jet Scent. Jet Scent. So, so yeah. guys, it's, it's, called, it's Essence of 777. It's like a, a Glade plugin, if you know what yeah. those are. It is exactly. essentially what it what it smells like. But mm -hmm. I, it brought me back to the 787 that we flew last mm -hmm. year. Brought me back to the 76 that I flew in November. It really brings you back. But I also miss the smell of the engines. I miss just the smell of the airplane because you don't get that when you have your mask on. Now, another thing that, like I said, I've flown this carrier a lot. One thing that was better or one thing that I saw... Now that they don't have the three courses with everything separate and the dessert cart and the Sundays, it's just one tray. But there wasn't a lack of service. After that, they came by two or three times with a basket of snacks, waffles, chips, gummy That's... bears or something, mm -hmm. which was nice. And that was constant. And you talked about the drinks. I had to tell the flight attendant to stop mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, because it was just too much. Yep. <laughs> But it's better to have too much than too little. So yeah. the service was constant. And there were at least two working our aisle, right? Two mm -hmm. flight attendants? Yeah, there were. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then uh, just before landing, the flight attendant came by and personally thanked every single person for, that was nice. for flying with them today. One thing, so I, I didn't get to talk about this in the initial reaction because we hadn't gotten to that point yet. They didn't collect the headsets. I've, I've noticed sometimes in premium cabins before arrival, I don't understand that. they come around and collect the headsets. They didn't do that. So I was able to finish watching my movie as we taxied in. So it truly was gate-to-gate right. -gate in-flight entertainment. I don't understand why they collect headsets. I mean, are they concerned? It's a two-prong headset. Yeah. Are you going to use it at your 777 at home or something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, <and> it, <laughs> Who's going to steal them? As great as those headsets are, they still aren't as good as a headset that I might have at home or something right. like that. There's nothing like a 777-300. It was quiet. It was smooth. We The landing in Newark... Okay, but I got to mention this one thing. On the screens before departure, it says, welcome aboard your flight to New York. And mm -hmm. it shows the Statue of Liberty. And I'm like, shouldn't they have parentheses Elizabeth, New Jersey? <laughs> <laughs> and like your poppy, your daughter, was born in New Jersey. Mm -hmm. Be proud about D New Jersey. Say, welcome aboard your flight to Jersey. <laughs> And have a whole Jersey theme. Yeah, but Newark <laughs> Newark is closer to Manhattan than JFK. Even though JFK is in the city of New York and mm -hmm. Newark Airport is in the city of Elizabeth or or Newark, right. they still they are a major airport for the <laughs> New York metro area. I go back and forth on that. Well, this whole thing about being embarrassed of <laughs> about New Jersey in the DC area, we have DC uh, Washington National, Washington Dulles, and Baltimore. Mm -hmm. If you're flying to Baltimore, it doesn't say, hey, welcome aboard your flight to Washington. <laughs> Did they say Baltimore, <laughs> though, Washington? No, they say yeah, Baltimore. They say Baltimore. Right? Mm -hmm. Even though BWI is actually closer to Washington than in Dulles. So yeah, we landed in as at Elizabeth, New Jersey, and that landing... It was seemed like it was a little difficult. There was a crosswind. So yeah, they, it seemed like yeah, it was there, grabbing into the wind. There really was. Yeah, and, and then we felt it on the drive home too, or on on the drive back to South Jersey. Yeah, pilots did a great job landing though. It, it you could tell they were crabbing, but the touchdown mm -hmm. was smooth and the touchdown and, was smooth. Yeah, it was it was good. Okay, yeah. so now that we've talked about that one, should we just talk about overall trip impressions? Yeah, overall, uh, I was impressed, Doug, with the service on the three carriers. Once again, we flew American, Delta, and United. 
planes were clean, service was professional. There were different there were different levels of onboard catering. Let's just put it that way. Mm-hmm. And it looked like things were improving because on the American flight, I'm sure there used to be no service because that's about two hours, but we got a sandwich, which was nice. So I think things are improving. And just speaking to the flight attendants, it was just like we said, what we got from them is they're happy to be flying and they're glad that more things are coming back. I think this is awesome because typically we've we've done a couple trips and it's mainly been a single airline. And this is the first time that we've actually been able to see three different airlines, multiple products. And it was great to see. And of course, there were some things that that we probably liked a little bit more about each carrier. But as you Mm -hmm. said, we both have been flying quite a bit over the last several months and things definitely have improved from a a service level standpoint. Slowly but surely, we're we're getting back closer to what things were prior to the pandemic. We're we're not quite back yet, but I I Mm -hmm. think that the the end is in sight, if you will, from this reduced level of service. And it's it's good to see. Can I tell you something else that I thought was um, a paradigm shift, if you will? Sure. And I, I don't know, I don't even know if this will change after COVID. The masks, it just seemed normal now. Mm-hmm. It didn't seem like, you know, you know, a frightening situation where people are distrustful of everyone. And it was just a lot of people. We saw a lot of people at uh, the Miami airport, San Francisco, Vegas, Mm-hmm. People were just going about their travel with masks on. Mm-hmm. Some social distancing was better than others <laughs> at some yeah. of the gate areas. They were all definitely trying. You had the stickers, you know, showing the six feet separation. So anyway, my point is like Doug and I, we're, we do this podcast because we are in the aviation industry and we want to make sure that our, our industry is supported. That means people have to travel. <laughs> Do you just travel willy-nilly all over the place, you know, every day? No. Once in a while, if I want to take a trip, I mean, Doug have Doug and I have not taken a trip since when? LAX? Yeah, right? back so, in September. Yeah, we're, we're traveling in moderation. All right, real quickly, before we finish this out, let's talk about some of the lounges that we visited. Now, as just a background, Drew and I both have a credit card that gets us access to the lounges. So it may seem like we're talking about all these great lounges that we went to. Guys, mm-hmm. we're, we're working class. We are, <laughs> we, we are down to earth people. I know we talked about flying in business class, but a lot of that was we found really great deals and mm-hmm. we, we have this lounge access with the, the credit card <laughs> that we each have. Yeah. So let's, let, let, let's, before we talk about each of the lounges, let's just do yeah. try and create a list of the airport and what we went to. We started in Miami. We went to the Turkish Lounge, the Turkish Airlines Lounge. And then we went to the American Express Centurion Lounge. JFK, we started out at the Delta Sky Club. And then we went to the Amex Centurion. Then when we, oh, got, to, when mm-hmm. we got to Seattle, we started out in the Alaska Lounge on the North Satellite. And then we went to the Delta Sky Club in A-Terminal. And then we went to the Amex, the Centurion Lounge. We didn't go to Vegas because of what we talked about with our Uber issues and, and getting to the airport a little bit late. So we didn't do anything in Vegas. And then we got to San Francisco. We started out at the United Club on the F. Is it Terminal F, Concourse F? Yeah. I, I can't remember what I think San Francisco it's, calls them. Oh, good question. I know it's the F Gates. The F Gates, yeah. We F went Concourse. to United, United Club and the F Gates. And then we were able to get into the Centurion Lounge in <laughs> San Francisco. That was the, yeah. the final one. Let's just spend maybe five minutes and, and just real quickly talk about it. We, we don't even have to talk about each each lounge, but just yeah. 
I'm going to go ahead and mention this, Doug. So we had a plan to do a whole episode on the lounges because we have so much we want to talk about on the lounges. And if you really want to hear a one hour episode of Doug and me just bantering about every little detail of and every snack they have, we can provide that for you. But just like you said, you know, at the risk of losing 99% of our listeners, <laughs> we'll keep this short. So let's let's start. I'm a big fan of these American Express lounges, Doug's, and they did not disappoint at all. So we started off in Miami at the Amex. No, we went to the Turkish lounge, mm -hmm. which was nice, uh, minimal offerings. I think I had um, a hash brown and eggs. Yeah, I had like pancakes and a glass of wine. Yeah, but I'm glad they were open because um, the Amex lounge wasn't open yet. So then um, this was total, by the way, this is total great Av Geek workout walking to all these lounges. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we worked off the calories, though. some of the calories that, that we put on on the trip. Yeah, absolutely. So then we went to the Amex Lounge at C at Miami, and oh my God, the views from there were excellent. You you saw the Miami skyline, and our plane, this 777-200 that we flew, was right below us. So we had a beautiful view of that. Yeah, what plus about what, 727s, DC-8s, the Dream oh, Lover, yeah. 747s. Mm -hmm. we, we saw it all across the ramp. And, and Miami is so great with all of these obscure airplanes and, and airlines that you wouldn't see anywhere else in the world together other than Miami. Because you get all the Caribbean cargo planes, you get all the South American cargo planes, random airlines that you've never heard of out of South America and the Caribbean. <laughs> yeah, it's it's great. What was the most interesting what was the most interesting one you saw of those? I would say probably the probably the Dreamlifter. The Dreamlifter? Okay. Yeah, and, and for those who don't know, that's a modified 747 that carries the body of the 787 from the production plant to final assembly. But it's a 747 that that's got this giant bump on it that runs the entire length of the cabin. And that's just so rare. To, to see that I've, and, and you never, never know seen it. yeah you, you never know where you might see that thing now that's flown by atlas right i believe so yeah yeah i believe yeah, it's I think, so I, I think it's only atlas and i think there are maybe four airframes i i could be wrong the most interesting one i saw was world atlantic <laughs> yeah and they're flying an md-80 just a word of advice in terms of what the expectations are <laughs> if you're just flying a couple md-80s you're not going around the world you're definitely not flying over the Atlantic. <laughs> so to call yourself World Atlantic, those are delusions of grandeur <laughs> for an MD-80 op operator. Well, and we, we, nice. mm -hmm. we looked it up too, because we had never heard of it. And I yeah. figured that it was some Caribbean airline. Yeah, it's, a, it's a US-based charter operator. I wonder what else they fly. Maybe they do fly an MD-11 or, well, no one flies. No, they, they only had MD-80s, MD-83s. They had 10 MD-83s. Let's move on to, to JFK. Sky Club and, and Centurion. Yeah, so Delta Sky Club. I'm going to say, Doug, I was very impressed by the Delta Sky Club. I would say it's just, I would say it's almost as good as the Amex Club. The food is not as abundant, but the food was good. It was a beautiful lounge. I, I'm Doug and I sit down and I'm like, oh, I'm ready to just dwell sit, here for sit, sit and relax for an hour right so i just got my sandwich my coffee settled down and doug's like all right we have seven minutes <laughs> yeah so then we rushed over to the amex yep that was nice what was the view the view from there was not that good it was like the back it was we it, some it construction was behind, site. it was behind the control tower you could see some of the international gates but they had they had weird stripes on the windows you could see through them but it wasn't as clear as the miami view well actually talking views let's go back to the sky club sky club mm -hmm. was great because it overlooks all the delta gates and where yeah. we were sitting i think there were a couple 757s right mm -hmm. right below us because oh, that's right up on the top level really good views mm -hmm. 
we didn't get to do the sky deck. So there's an outdoor sky deck at, at that one, which has amazing views. And, and when the weather is warm and it's not raining, you can sit out there and, and it's almost like being on, on the top of the TWA hotel, watching the traffic take off and land and taxi past. All right. So then we fly to Seattle and we go to, we start off at the uh, Seattle Alaska lounge. And I think of all the lounges we went to that had the most magnificent views. Mm -hmm. It wasn't, 360 but it was almost and it's right in front of one of their runways so we were seeing you know planes taking off and landing right in front of us and there was uh, an alaska departure bank a lot of alaska flights taking off i saw a hawaiian a330 and then i dozed off and i missed an a350 an ana no asiana a350 landing did you yeah, catch that i did asiana there was a 350 and an asiana cargo 747. What else? Uh, Lufthansa A330. A couple Delta A330 Neos took off. And there was just, like you said, a lot of a lot of Alaska 737s, Airbuses, and Q400s, Dash 8 Q400s. So then we went over to the Sky Club, which has really good views of the ramp, not really the runway so much. Right. Yeah, it's um a Delta view. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, there, there were a couple United Tales. There was one. <laughs> or one yeah yeah but the views were great yeah then we went over to the centurion we were able to get in then for for lunch at the centurion mm -hmm. about the same views as the sky club we we're mm -hmm. basically sitting right on top of a delta erj 175 like literally we were at the wing looking down mm -hmm. on the fuselage food was food was good just like all the american express lounges and the service was good i would have been fine just staying there for another hour but then um we were in seattle for what almost five hours mm -hmm. so between those three clubs there there were two there was one other that we didn't get to it was the club was it is it the, the club. club seattle mm -hmm. but anyway the ones we went to were so good we're like okay i think we're i think we got this then we got to san francisco we dropped into the united club real quickly which depending on where you sit has really good runway and ramp views, but mm -hmm. they had the they had the curtains down. I think because of where the sun was, so we we couldn't really see much of anything. <laughs> I was gonna put the curtain up, just like, like I put a window up shade. the shades on the plane <laughs> immediately. That's my av geek instinct to put everything up. But there was a couple sleeping right there, so I'm just like, uh. okay. So for those of you that use the American Express Lounge, here's a pro tip: sometimes they're capacity restricted, and they'll want you to check in. And then they'll send you a text. When you land someplace, before you even, when you're still on the plane, sign into the American Express app and check into the club. And I believe they'll give you a text saying, hey, you're on the list. That way you'll save some time. Because we had to wait in Seattle too, right? We did. Yeah. Which was nice because we were able to just go around the corner to the Sky Club. And then you got the call saying that we could go there. And it was a two minute walk. But we didn't have a lot of time till our flight. But it didn't feel like we were rushed at all. No, I, I was full. And I didn't have to eat quickly. It seemed yeah. like, yeah. So we time everything leaving in Las Vegas. We were just in a daze and we weren't thinking and we almost missed our flight. Yeah. But in general, Doug and I time everything perfectly. So Doug had it down where what time we'd have to finish eating and get to the gate during boarding, right? And you said it was, you had some kind of airport map, airport directions, and it showed us 10 minutes from our club, from the Centurion Club to the gate. And I'm like, no, Doug, I've done this. It's only five minutes. So we go and we do make it there in five minutes. But I think the difference is that's not for normal people. No, <laughs> and there, there's a disclaimer in the app too. I, I was using the United app because and American Delta have it too, where you can put where you're going from, where you're going to, and step-by-step -step directions. And it tells you average time that it takes. 
but then there's a disclaimer that says this is for an average person. It might be. <laughs> it does say that? It does. Yeah. Because <laughs> that way they're not held responsible if you miss a flight and, and you say, well, it said 15 minutes and it took me 20 or, or whatever. Yeah. But we want to tell people, what is that app you use that has the airport? It was the airline app. You just it was from United or you just click on the airport. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? I didn't know. Yeah. That. And okay. you pull it up and it'll give you step by step directions. I've done that. I've done that for Marissa before when she's traveling. Mm-hmm. If she's at an airport that she doesn't know and she's not great with directions. So I just give her a step by step kind of screenshot it for her and tell her, hey, this is where you go. This is where the club is, etc. Yeah. It works really well. So, yeah, I mean, I would tell everyone if you want to get there as late as you can, definitely don't show up less than 20 minutes prior because um some airlines will close the door 15 minutes prior. It'll say be on board at least 15 minutes prior. So mm-hmm. what's your, what's your overview of the clubs during COVID? I, yeah. I, I thought they were, they were all really good. The, the tenants were very friendly. The food was largely very good, even though mm-hmm. we did, only got the continental breakfast, not the hot breakfast at a couple of the centurion, but even then a bagel and some fruit and granola was was just enough adequate it's it's definitely nice to see the service starting to pick back up in the lounges as well it was a nice time so now we might be reaching the uh the limit on how much our listeners want to want to hear about these clubs. <laughs> yeah well we, we when we talked about the lounges we did mix in some airport tips and some spotting information talked about airplanes so it wasn't just the the lounge and, and the product no yeah. drew thanks thanks for going on on the trip with me this was awesome it was a lot of fun i, th- I think we both needed this from a, an <laughs> abgeek yeah. standpoint because it it had been a while since we had done something like this so this was awesome yeah. this was really good looking forward to the next one whenever that might be probably our northern flights in may uh for those of you that can't travel or don't travel right now um hopefully you can do that vicariously through us also check us out on twitter and on uh, nextripnetwork.com because we'll post pictures and stories and links on there yeah thanks for listening to our extra section hopefully we didn't bore you guys too much with our (laughs) discussion we'll be back next week with a normal episode in the meantime stay aviation tough this has been the next trip podcast visit nexttripnetwork.com for information about previous episodes trip reviews aviation photos and other aviation related content this is your show so search for the next trip on twitter and let doug and drew know what you want to talk about not on Twitter? You can also email them at nexttrip.podcast at gmail.com. Please consider leaving a review wherever you download your podcasts. It will help other listeners like you discover this show. Oh, if it was a, a type change or not. Right. No, keep talking. Uh, my dog wants to be on uh, the radio, so let me close the door. <laughs> okay. There you go. We'll have an outtake now. People don't like when we don't have mm. outtakes. Yeah, they don't. They expect that. Yeah. There was nothing. <laughs> like, I, I, we didn't really have anything. That is so weird to me because I just, I haven't listened to that episode. I must have just been on a different, you know, wavelength where I was just talking and it, maybe it made sense. Maybe it didn't. we were, I, I think we were both tired. Like, I was, mm-hmm. I was pretty exhausted because I just slept in the lobby for like an hour waiting for the room and,